Rebel Row podcast for the creative and the curious. Hi there, this is Andy Rowe and this is the Rebel Row podcast, the podcast where I follow my curiosity to talk to lots and lots of creative people about their creative process. This week I caught up with James and James from Welsh rock band James and the Cold Gun. We talked about their new EP, Full Start. We talked about touring with therapy and also about playing no-nonsense rock and roll, as well as a nice chat around our shared love of music and albums, and we shared some with each other. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with James and James from James and the Cold Gun. Hi, this is Andy. I'm I'm here with James and James from James and the Cold Gun. Hello, how's How's it going? Yep, there you got it. Nailed, nailed it. it. <laughs> I nailed it. I nailed it. Uh, good. Uh, yeah. So um, the way I was going to start today was saying that the way I normally prepare, I've started to prepare for these interviews rather than over over thinking it is I normally just listen to the band really loud before I <laughs> before I come on, which I did on the way home from work today. And you guys sound like you're having a lot of fun. That's what I, because I really love the music, but you sound like you're having a lot of fun. Is that kind of true that you're having a lot of fun doing this band? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm glad. I'm glad it comes across in the in the music as well. Like I think, like as like especially like Colgan's meant to be listened loud. Is that kind of balls to the wall? Like we have such a fun time playing it as well. Yeah. Uh, like the live show is just around the time of our lives, really. Yeah. Just fast, fast rock hitting the guitar loads just bouncing about with your mates yeah, yeah. so the, the other place to go start with you just toured with therapy yeah yeah how, how i guess there's two questions how did that come about and how was it it um it was quite uh, we were quite surprised actually it came about so um the chap that um chap that sort of promotes our own gigs so you know when it's us playing to a couple of people in a pub somewhere he was also booking the therapy tour but um he actually had to show us, uh, show them our music. So, you know, the the fact that to think that Andy was sat in his house somewhere listening to our music, you know, mm. is is pretty pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, they they liked the fact that we were sort of you know young people carrying the torch for noisy guitar rock. Yeah, I suppose in an age where everyone else is trying to make guitars not sound like guitars, you know, through electronics and stuff, we're just um, we're just trying to do the old school kind of. Uh, be a band kind of approach so yeah, yeah they, they 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 really liked that and they they offered us and we had a really good couple of weeks with them they were really really like yeah. nice to, to tour with yeah they're a really nice bunch of people like all the band all the crew as well um i think the fact like you can get a lot of young bands who are a bit of fuss and they got all this and stuff's messing up and they got backing tracks and things and they were quite happy that we just turned up plugged our four instruments in and just played really loud just no fuss yeah i think we earned a bit of respect from them from that um, yeah, there's definitely yeah. something very, because I, I I find it really hard. I've started to do this podcast over the last year, and you and you you don't like to categorize bands, and I don't really understand categorization sometimes. Being a music fan for years, it's just like you're just a fucking good band, aren't you? <laughs> do you know what I mean? You just you play rock it's and roll. Nice. It's nice that you're, yeah, it's nice to not be categorized really, because like I think sometimes that sometimes that can be like a band's downfall is when they when they get pigeonholed too hard because they let you know you end up end up worrying too much about how you should sound with us it's just we're just we're we're just a rock band really we're just yeah we're 
do whatever we want to do at the time. And right now, while we're young enough to, we just want to make really energetic uh, rock songs. Maybe, maybe in a few years, we might we might go all synthy and quieter, but not for not for a while yet. Yeah, I don't think that's why our ears are blaring too much on our backs. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Flat out. So where where does it come from? If I if I go back to the start, because this podcast is about creativity, the creative process. Where I, you can answer this separately if you want, but where do you do you remember where music first came into your life? Where it first hit you? Oh, you can go first for that one. Um, yeah, I've I've always been a been into kind of like music like not necessarily like bands and things but in terms of just general music like I, I remember being in school and doing all the like school plays and everything and like yeah. I got really really shy in um in high school but in a yeah in kind of little school I was doing all the singing learning all the lines and like being that kind of center of attention and I like um yeah when I got to high school then everyone started liking bands and things that's when I kind of um, I got into playing music. I started learning guitar when I was like thirteen, maybe. Yeah. Um, got put in a put in a kind of a group of people to play the school concert. We played a few covers, and uh, ever since that moment, I've never not been in a band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we we kind of saw that. We were like, actually, this is really fun, isn't it? Why don't we uh Why don't we keep doing this? And then that ends up being a band. We started writing our own songs and things. People come and go. I've been in so many different bands. Yeah, but, um, I've just just loved it from the start, really. Um, but yeah, guitar was definitely kind of what got me into um. Into what sort? And what sort of uh, what sort of bands were you listening to when you first picking up the guitar? Who did you want to? Uh, the first the first albums I remember getting were um, uh, it was like the DVD edition of um. American Idiot, uh, yeah. it's called Bullet for a Bible. Um, and then I had that, uh, a, like a U2 album, it was How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. Yeah. And um, I had to go on there, and I loved that song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I was, I feel like I was quite into that kind of energetic kind of, uh, music from the start. But, um, I got really into, uh, like, I got really into the Foo Fighters. Yeah. And there was another band like, like later on, this is like a band called Dinosaur Pilot. When I figured out, I found out yeah. that the guy recorded everything himself. He recorded all the drums, all the guitars, wrote all the music. And I was like, oh my God, I want to be able to do that. That sounds amazing. Um, so I learned drums as well. <laughs> wow. But, um, uh, what about, uh, this is where it's how about you james what did you yeah <laughs> yeah it's just, it feels awkward calling either of us the other james you see it seems like there's like a no we're, we're, we're both equal yeah 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 we're both we're both we're both, we're both james number one in, yeah <laughs> but um I, I think um it was i i'm trying to remember when i, I was late to uh, i was i was always into music in school and stuff um I think um, I remember. I remember like probably around maybe like your early teens, where you start to like you start to feel some more emotions, and you start to like maybe you know. I feel like when you're when you're really little, you you just have good times all the time. Like you don't really yeah. you know you're not really aware of your emotions. I think when you're a teenager, then you you start to have like ups and downs and more sad days and things, and, and you realize that music is like. Well, for me anyway, music was like a big thing. Like it was something that I took like real comfort in, like yeah. being able to just like put an album in and, and for some reason, certain songs would make me feel a certain way. And like, yeah. 
you know, so, some songs would make me like really excited and, and in a really good mood. Other songs would help me if I was feeling down about something. Um, and so that was that was the moment when music started to really mean a lot to me, and that's stuck ever since. But as far as playing in bands goes, I was a little bit late to it. Um, I've never been great at playing music. Um, like I like I'm I'm not I'm not like a I wouldn't say I'm like a gifted um, player. I think, um, but I've, I think I think I've always had a good ear for for what I like. Um, yeah, which 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 is helpful when it comes to writing because I, I find it easy to like know if something's it or not. But um, yeah. I remember going to like my first local gig with uh, with a girl I was dating at the time from a different school, and we went to we went to like this um, this like venue. It was probably like a rugby club, and um, I saw a local band covering like covering songs like like Green Day and Blink One Eighty Two and 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 things like. Um, you know, like Foo Fighters, and um, I couldn't believe, like, that this was the first time I'd ever seen four or five musicians on a stage making music, actually, you know, and it was sounding like what I'd been seeing on TV, like all the American bands. Um, and from that moment, I was hooked. Like, I, after they played, I, I sat down with them all, and I was like, oh, my God, I love those songs you're playing. Like, how does it work then? Like, you know, trying to get my head around the fact that they could they could play the songs that I'd been listening to on the telly. Yeah. And... Um, I basically sort of worked my way up. I played bass in a load of terrible bands um, because I thought bass was, was the easiest thing. You yeah, probably I started on bass for the same reason. If, yeah, start on, if, if anyone wants to get into music and you're scared, start on bass and see 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 what happens. But um, yeah, I, 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 when I when I was in probably like my second or third band, I realised I really enjoyed um, being like a like a band leader, like as in like I love doing like the management and stuff and and yeah. the deciding when we were going to practice and what our single was going to look like and stuff. And um, so I ended up getting in some better bands along the way because I had that sort of knack for, um, for like, for like the management role. And, uh, and yeah, I, I played in a couple of bands um, after that and then ended up with this guy. That's really, that's really interesting what you said about music. Cause I described it once as growing up all those years ago as my armor. Like, oh, okay. That's cool. No, no one could get, Near me, even though I was technically a cool kid as well, because I was in the football team. So I don't know. I was in the football team. I had long hair. I liked Pearl Jam. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess it always was as my armor, as in no one could touch me if I had my if I was listening to the Wild Hearts. But I don't. Yeah, know. that's. Do you know what though? Um, I like like I was um, I was sort of one of the sporty like I was in that. I was friends with all like the kind of the, the like popular kids in school. Yeah. But I, but I feel like because I was in that group, I actually got bullied more because it was like it was like such like a like a dog eat dog kind of like I think it's like a boy thing as boys are becoming men. It's like very just like like toxic masculinity basically. Like and um, and I was never quite uh, as up for it as they were. So you know I'd, I'd hang out with them all day, but then I'd go home and cry and listen to fucking <laughs> listen to some metal or something. What would you listen to? What are the sort of bands you listen to oh, i got i got really into metal at quite a young age so there was this um there was this album um there's this compilation out well it wasn't a compilation album there's an album called roadrunner united yeah it's by roadrunner Rob records Finn. Did Rob Finn yeah, yeah 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 exactly so you had these um it was a really cool idea actually it was um it's an album where roadrunner got four of their four musicians from four of their biggest bands at the time so they had rob flynn from machine head uh, Joey Jordanson from Slipknot, Matt Heafy from Trivium, and Dino from Fear Factory. 
they were all they were all uh, team captains, and they got to make songs with other people from from the Roadrunner roster. Yeah, and and through through that, it, it came with a DVD which I I watched so much. Um, you know, I think every music fan loves documentaries and like yeah. <laughs> you know studio studio videos and things. I watched that loads, and then through that, I discovered like things like Sepultura, Machine Head, and like any anything heavy was 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 my go to back then. Yeah. Nice. So, so if we go right back to, well, not right back, I guess, because you're a relatively young band. But how how did James and the Coal Gun come together? Um, we uh, we we actually had like another band um, before before James and the Coal Gun. We uh, we met each other around like when we were both in uni, and uh, both found out that we were in in bands. We like music, and then. I think it was like six months or so later, um, James was putting together a, like a hardcore band. And uh, it wasn't- so It was kind of rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't really my, like, my thing, like heavy music wasn't, uh, I don't know if it was that obvious. <laughs> it's probably very obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, heavy music wasn't really like my, my forte on that side, but I really wanted to like apply myself to it. And like, I could see that he was a really good like business head and like, a music kind of guy and like I'd never really been in bands with people who were that serious about it yeah so like as soon as I had this opportunity or like I saw it as an opportunity I was like oh this is my chance to like actually do do music with someone who really wants to do it rather than it be like me the only one in a band who uh, yeah wants to do it so that band lasted for like six months or so but it was we, like six months but we did a lot in yeah six we months. did like, like we went out like, to we went out, out to like Europe and we toured the UK and mm. stuff Wow. Like it was very very DIY, but it was it was oh, yeah. it was fun. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, but then what, yeah, once that ended, then we kind of we realised that we kind of wrote really well together and like got on really well together, and that we didn't want to stop kind of being in a band. So uh, we just got in the got in the garage and just started playing around with guitars and turned it up really loud and figured out what we both liked and kind of found this kind of common connection of loud garage rock esque kind of rock music. That has been really, really fun to play, and I guess you yeah. can hear it as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel it, like I say, it feels like the last thirty years of rock music all put in a blender because I can hear oh, so oh. many influences there. But it's just, it's just really like it's really exciting. Like having great because I'm quite old. Well, I'm not old. Forty two. It's not that old. But I remember no. going to watch like some of these bands. It reminds me of that. Like going to like hearing early. I always go about the Wild Hearts and my favourite band, but you know, like that it's exciting. Like, do you know the helicopters? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're like, it's got a bit of that about it, but it's also got yeah, so it's yeah, almost like rock and roll. And it, it gets away, it gets away with some uh, the old slightly cliched thing, but it's not cliched. I don't know what it is, because maybe it's the punk edge in it in it. It's just really interesting. Right, yeah, yeah. It's oh, that's like, cool. It's just really, really exciting. But you that's know what? You know Sorry. what's funny? Um, that you should mention. You should mention you you being a bit older. Oh, obviously, forty's not old, but you know, <laughs> you a little bit older than ourselves. And um, I, I have a, I have a friend who's a promoter in um, in Basingstoke, and he's he's about he's probably about your age. And um, when when I well when we first started um, Colgan and put one one or two tracks out, um, my friend uh, John he made me a playlist called um, called Nineties Rock for James, yeah. and. Um, What's funny is I probably, being honest, I probably wouldn't have heard of Therapy or the Wild Hearts if it wasn't for this um, this playlist. 
Yeah. So he, uh, and now it's it's so funny that we've we've ended up playing with both those bands because that that, that mm. playlist had like um had like the Wild Hearts Therapy, Three Colors Red, like yeah. um Honey Crack and all that kind of stuff. And and it's it was really cool that someone thought you know someone said that we kind of sound like all of those kind of bands that we never actually experienced firsthand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really it's kind of really interesting. So uh, you kind of said you you kind of got a garage and jammed. So is that your is that your go-to process to write new tunes and stuff is it let's start together is it always together or is it separate ideas come into a room uh it, it it varies really like we live together so a lot of the time we are we are together and we'll say oh we'll do a little session and like this is like this is my room where we kind of you there's a mic by there we kind yeah. of like we do some demoing in here but then generally once you got um once you got an idea on the go the first portal call is let's take it into the room, turn it up, play it loud, see if it gives us that kind of, that feeling, that energy, because as much as you can sit in front of a, a computer and try things, like you, you, you don't really know an idea until you're both in there in the room and playing it live. Um, yeah, we're really lucky to have, we're really lucky to have the garage. Like, um, it's basically like, uh, it's basically at his parents' house, um, yeah. which was only like 20 minutes down the road. And um, they're happy enough with us, like, you know, maybe maybe not so much after ten o'clock, but they're happy for us to just, just make these horrible noises until it starts to sound like a song yeah. in there. It's definitely less horrible than some of the bands I've previously been in. So, uh... <laughs> and where so where are you in Cardiff? Yeah, yeah, we're um we're in we're in Cardiff Bay pretty much. Like we can yeah. see Cardiff from where we live. Yeah, yeah, I lived in Cardiff for four years. Between oh, cool. whereabouts? I lived in oh, on Cathedral Road for oh, a lot cool. of it. Yeah. And then for that, sorry about pronunciation, Clandaff. I lived up by Clandaff. Yeah, yeah. And like used to go to Chapter Arts Bar and oh, Camden nice High Street. There. So yeah, I moved in 1999. And it was when the Rugby World Cup was on. I was like, this is the greatest city on earth because they're giving the free Guinness oh, yeah. out on the street. <laughs> I went and watched <laughs> the Manic Millennium. I was like, I met Bob to James D. Bradfield in the street. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> With man. like long hair and purple eyeliner on and just like, yeah. proper proper like manix head um yeah same same and so is there is there uh so i was talking to i've been talking to quite a few bands from bristol because i'm in bristol is there uh and bristol's music scene has kind of kind of hit the headlines a bit i guess with idols and stuff like that is is there a scene in cardiff at the moment is there a south wales music scene is there a cardiff scene yeah there's 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 it's funny because um a lot of people, uh, the, the the like golden age, so to speak. There, there was like there was kind of like I see there's like three kind of generations. There was there was when like you had like the Manics and Stereophonics and, and Super Fury Animals. You had like that in like the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Then in about sort of two thousand and three to two thousand and nine, you had like the um, the golden age of like emo and post hardcore from Wales. So you had like bands like um it's, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a sore subject now but you had bands like um lost profits yeah. and funeral for a friend and um kids in glass houses and some of those bands you know went on to tour america and do great things um but people people sort of act as if that was the end of music in wales but it's been it's been amazing ever since and like um right now i think there's there's more exciting bands now than i think there has been in, in a good few years i mean um the band that I used to play in, uh, so I used to, the band before this band, um, I used to play bass in a band called Holding Absence and um, they're touring the States right now. 
Right. Um, there's some really good, uh, like, sort of more indie, indie bands who are kind of um, getting in with, like, Steve Mack and stuff. Like, there's a band called Panic Shack who are really good. Yeah. There's a band called Buzzard, Buzzard, Buzzard who are really good. Um, there's, there's loads. Um, there's not really many... I don't think there's many rock bands anymore. Like the only rock bands I can think of are slightly more in like the classic rock vein. Like um, there, there's still some great bands. There's like um, those damn crows and like yeah. uh, um, what's the one like Florence Black and stuff. But that's slightly more like classic rock world than maybe like our kind of '90s garage rocky yeah. kind of a punky kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, it's good. It's really good, and we're we're super lucky to have like streets like woman b street where there's like four or five venues and there's there's pretty much a gig on every night of the week you know yeah because i used to go to obviously the welsh club yeah of course <laughs> usually of course. like pound a pint for like oh, very wow. smooth or something not that anymore <laughs> pound a pint, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh yeah so ginger from the wild hearts there so quite a lot of people can come over back yeah, it's, it's, the, um, it's the Manics yeah, did an underplay there the other day. Yeah, this time it was the first time they they ever actually um, played there. Yeah, they were supposed to play it for um, for some kind of fundraiser back back in the nineties, like ninety one or something. Wasn't it? Like yeah, and then I can't remember what. Oh, they they ended up having to cancel it because they had to go to London to sign their record deal or something. I think that's what the story is. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. So you so you've got the so the EP is out so the EP full starts is yes. out next week. So it is a week. Yeah, a week, week week today. today yeah. fr- uh, Friday the twenty ninth. Friday the twenty ninth. That's gonna be exciting. I need to I need to get one off Bandcamp. I really do. Oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> it's awesome that people still buy music. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So um, have we heard most of the tracks? Are there new tracks on there? Is uh, what's it look like? Yeah, so um, there's there's it's five tracks in total, and uh, there's three out already. Um, yeah, long way home. Plug me in, and then we released uh, it's mutual like fairly recently. Yeah, yeah, a couple of weeks ago. ago. But uh, yeah, there's uh, there's two new songs on there, and the the opener of it is actually the opener of our live show as well. So it's a it's a real rager. I'm excited people to hear that one. Yeah, looking forward to it. So uh, and then you're going on tour from around the same day aren't you uh the day tour, before tour starts the day before yeah yeah um but yeah pretty much pretty much like um next next thursday we'll be on tour and we're on tour with them for about two two and a half weeks i think we're doing i think it's like 11 shows maybe 12 shows in total yeah we've got a few little festival things like in between it as well so that should be really good that's that's our first ever other than other than some things we've done in wales that's our first ever like proper headline tour it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a strange one because like um you get quite used to supporting bigger bands yeah and looking out and seeing mm-hmm. like a good you know a good couple of hundred people but um it's gonna be really cool to see who liked us enough on some of the other things we've done to come back and see us again that's it's gonna be quite a a nice moment to like to like realize that some people actually like us as well yeah and and i are you writing are you writing all the time is that the plan and what what you, do you see because again i've took i've picked up 20 bands or whatever but some people seem to want in the singles route forever some people are doing albums so october drift i don't know if you've heard of them They're oh like yeah getting ready for album two in september mm-hmm. uh how do you see yourself do you see an ep album do you see it just see how it goes 
how what 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 do you think works as well because some bands are just like i think singles work better than albums we think um we're, we're big fans of albums as, as people we've got albums that we like hold dearly to us i think i think the good thing about rock and metal is like i think rock and metal fans still enjoy having a body of work and especially like yeah. a tangible like you know i love i love being on tour and going to a record store and like proper looking at a, a even though you know even though it's just a piece of plastic it's uh it's more than that to us isn't it and like um we're 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 we want to do an album. We want to, we really want to do an album. Um, we're kind of, a, we're not really interested in trying to sort of follow trends as such. Like, yeah. like um, I, I, the singles thing does work, but I think at the same time, when you, when you start to like commodify music and just put a single out, a single out, a single out all the time, I don't know for me, for me as a listener, when bands do that, I struggle to like, keep up with it all a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think that in my opinion, anyway, the best way to do it is to do like album, then maybe one or two singles to just, they may go on the next album or they may just be forgotten about if, you yeah. know, you know, try some wacky stuff out maybe on yeah. some singles, but I, I still prefer albums to be honest. Like yeah. I think, I think you write it differently as well. When, you, when you're like releasing just one song by itself, like you really overthink it because you're like, this has got to be the song that like epitomizes everything that the band is about. It's got to do this. It's got to be fast. It's got to be tick every single box. Cause that's the only thing people are listening to. But like, we're like, we're writing an album at the moment. And so like being able to do it, we're like, oh, actually this song can be this and have its own yeah. thing. And this song can do that. And like the different facets of your band and kind of spread into different songs and become this kind of body of work. And it's, I feel like it's more fulfilling to kind of write that than almost like writing a single is almost like trying to do like a pop version of yeah. whatever you're doing because it's got to be got to be able to get on a playlist like yeah. that's that's the aim for it you've got to be able to put it on the radio and people to be able to get your band in like a second and although it's good to have that in like as many songs as possible like it does kind of force you into doing the same things each time really yeah i think yeah. the way i see it is like i obviously like um I would love this band to to you know be successful, but um, but uh, I don't really want like if if I don't really want fans who can't give us thirty minutes of their time and yeah. take in an album. I think I think like a lot of these bands that are like desperately trying to get anyone to listen by just putting out these like three minute kind of almost like gimmicky kind of songs. And it's just not it's, yeah, it's just not something that's for us. I don't think long term rather than short term yeah i guess so and even though like it's the clock is ticking a bit it's like that when when i tell people that like people are like oh what are you doing these days james and i'm like oh still doing the ba the band thing they're like oh good good luck to you mate <laughs> it's like but so you know anything I, I go about october, october drift the first band to come on here bless them uh like nearly two years ago but they they took four years to do their first album and then two years to do the next and they're built slowly building the following across the country and just taking it slowly and just being exactly who they are and i think i don't know if you feel it is is there a freedom these days in music it comes up with every podcast i do so i inter interviewed a heavy metal band called urn and, oh yeah and there are a few others but they're just they just do what they, they just do what they want now so like it's like I don't think like almost what you just said, which is if the third song on the album's at nine minute instrumental because I want to, that's what I'm doing. I, I like they grew up in Metallica. They're like, 
I want to do my own call of Cthulhu. <laughs> so is there, is there a freedom to music these days? Although it's harder, is there a freedom because you you can do it yourself, you can do more stuff yourself, or what do you think? I, th I think the main thing is like, as long as we really like it and we really dig it, then like I, I feel like we got good, we've got a good enough taste in music to that people would also like it. Yeah. But ultimately, we're we're making music for ourselves and the fact that other people might enjoy it and come along to a show and experience that with us it's all just a bonus on top of it yeah for sure like i think i learned the hard way really like like my old band the part of the reason i left it even though like it's like even though it's like a successful band now it's the people who couldn't understand why i left it was because i didn't care about the music we were making yeah and like and like um you know, they're like they're playing like huge gigs and stuff, and like um, you know, to some people it's like, wow, that must be amazing. But when when you when the songs mean nothing to you, yeah, um, you realize it. It doesn't matter whether you're playing to like a thousand people or five people in a pub. Like I've realized now that I'd rather play a song that I love to like five people in a pub than yeah. to play to like a like a song uh, that I don't really love to a thousand people. Yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, it, it is weird. It, yeah, it's, it's it's almost as if music means something to me or something. Oh, yeah. it's, like, it's like a funny lesson to learn. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember because when, when we first went to, like first actually went to the studio, you're like a bit apprehensive kind of thing. But we, we came out and you're like, that's, I actually enjoyed that. Yeah. Like, that's the best experience I've had in the studio. And I think yeah. it's fully down to what music you were doing. Yeah, 100%. Um, there's there's some there's that thing sometimes that happens like i was chatting to somebody earlier about this actually like um the only negative the main negative about doing music is that you you kind of lose a bit of that sparkle that you get when you're a fan like you, yeah. you have like a very cynical kind of lens that you view everything through and um but then every now and again i'll still get that like shiver down my spine or that tingle whether it's a sad song or a happy song where like the music does just take over and yeah. and like um that's like it's almost like a, a high that you're like kind of like searching for yeah, yeah totally and you know there's there's plenty of days when nothing that we <laughs> nothing that we come up with gives us that but then when it really does it, it's it's amazing like we we recently wrote the closer um to our album like um it's not gonna be out for a while but uh, we, we wrote the like the end riff and uh, and for the first time in ages, after a few days of just kind of being like, oh, what's the point? And it was like, oh, that's that's why, that's why we do this, and, you know? You look at each other and yeah. smile, go, okay, yeah, that's that's it. That's it, that's yeah. it, that's the good shit. <laughs> so um, I, will, I will put, um, you just said there's some albums. I'm always looking for album recommendations. So you, you said there's some albums that you hold dear to your heart over the last 20 years. What are the albums you really hold dear to your heart? Oh bloody hell, so <laughs> just a few. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's there's a few albums that I'll like. I'll love so much that I'll I'll get on CD because my car doesn't have an aux cable. Yeah. So if I get a CD, I'm gonna like play the shit out of it over and yeah. over again. Like really, really get into it. And um, one oh, one of the most recent. Oh, it's actually it's here. <laughs> um, it's the first. Uh, the oh, self-titled yeah, yeah. Queens and Stone Age debut, and I've I've listened to that so much, and he like, as be, like being a big Queens fan as well, 
like seeing kind of where it went and like how it developed and how then how rough and raw this sounds yeah it makes me like love it all the more yeah um yeah definitely this one um uh, i said the color and the shape as well i was like uh foo fighters uh i love that album um it is a good album that's, like that's what got me into like those are the first like the three singles off that uh, record as well like having like my hero everlong and um monkey wrench. i got monkey wrench and seven inch upstairs yeah. somewhere <laughs> yeah like nice. all of those songs on that album is just it's unreal phenomenal live band as well like even when i wasn't as much of a fan of some of the later music mm-hmm. but i guess i saw when did i see them i see them when all my life came out when's that 2001 right yeah i saw yeah, Card- oh, God. cardiff arena and they came off and they had like a curtain they started off the ding 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 ding, ding. Oh, cool. i just it was so good it was like insane yeah yeah, okay. yeah yeah great great album i found i found a sense of my last first night i found my old in utero tape cassette the other day oh, that wow. i bought on the day that it came out apparently okay. they're worth loads of money now tape oh, cassettes. <laughs> are you willing to let it go though uh don't know i didn't Depends. really thought the price is right <laughs> the price is right because i have it on cd as well um so yeah so what so you've given me a couple of albums there about alice alice and change james um, yeah, yeah, just facelift all day. <laughs> what, what, what sort of albums that like emotionally get you, or that you just say if you're going to recommend it to anyone? I've got to try and think. I've got to try and think of some of my cooler choices because I've got a lot <laughs> of weird. Be cool. No, no, no. It has to be cool. The second band, the first band I ever saw live was Metallica, which I'm going to say that's cool. And I said the second was Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi was oh. fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those explosions. I was 13. Like. One yeah. um one that was big for me um partly because of nostalgia but um I think at the time like it um was was the darkness when they first came yeah. out that darkness record I don't know what it was about it but there's just something about it um I guess it was just it's just the best bits of classic rock for a younger yeah. gen- like generation so like you know hearing those like really like feels like the feelsy kind of guitar solos and like some of the ballads on that on the album are actually really really good like like, yeah. like regardless of it being the darkness so um so that that album was a big one for me then probably um probably roadrunner roadrunner united uh, yeah. because because like i am a metalhead at heart as much as i'm a rock a rocker now like um i i definitely get a kick out of heavier music um and that album was amazing because that for me was like an encyclopedia of of metal like the dvd every every track was was aiming to do a different thing um you know it hits a different part of the metal genre so um yeah if, if someone wants to get into metal that's the that's the album to try for sure awesome. you can almost find out you know find out which track of those 12 tracks you like and then there's a whole lineage of other bands that sound like the track Heavy metal. Uh, and probably 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 Mannix as well then. I I, I probably probably the Holy Bible just because it freaked me yeah. out this year. <laughs> and not many things freaked me out these days. Yeah, so that's in my top three. Cool. The Holy Bible, Earthist of the Wild Hearts. Even though it's not oh. always my favourite. It doesn't have all my favourite Wild Hearts songs on, but there's something about it growing up. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh Faith and More, King for a Day, Fool for a Lifetime. Oh, cool. Because it was just 
I hated it when I first heard it. And by the end, by like eight years later, it's my favourite by Miles. And I always quite like albums like that. Yeah, yeah. That was a bit like me with um, with Queens of the Stone Age, because um, in the early 2000s, when I was a proper metalhead kid, um, wherever you looked, you could hear one of the Queens of the Stone Age singles. Like you'd hear, yeah. uh, no one knows everywhere. And I just remember thinking like, I was like, oh, what is this? Who's this ginger fella? Like just, just mm. singing at me, like, go away. Oh, you're like, so better. Kaya's so better. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then like, yeah, 10 years on, I, they're like one of my most listened to bands. And I, I, I get it now. It's, it's, it's almost funny when you, when you have to be real with yourself and you'd be like, oh, maybe I just didn't get it back then. Yeah. I, I, I get that a lot. I was such a grunge kid that I refused to like Oasis, whether I liked it or not. Well, that's yeah, and it's then, like no then way. Realizes you're allowed. Yeah. You're allowed to like Oasis. Well, I, I got into indie music because all the all the kids in school that were more popular really got into like Block Party and like Bombay Bicycle Club, and I was like, "Well, I won't like those because yeah. you like you know, I like my own music." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went then there. years later, I'm like, "Oh, it's actually that's really well crafted songs." There. Yeah, begrudgingly say, "Yeah, it's basically yeah. to write a tune." <laughs> Uh, well, that's great, guys. Uh, I'm going to let you get back to your Friday evening in a minute. Um, so thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Um, so EP next week. That's right, yeah. Then tour. Where that's can it. people find you on social media? Is it? We are. Um, everywhere. Yeah, we are everywhere. We're omni omnipresent, like mm. God. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we are on uh, at and the cold gun. So just the second half of our of our band name on everything brilliant well again thank you so much uh good luck for the future i shall uh oh, see you live in the future and meet up yeah, with you in real, real life that'd be great out of music in real life yeah but i get i can get an album first an ep i'm gonna get a physical what is it 500 isn't there that's it that's it I need to get we, one we, we can sort that we can sort that we'll, we'll, awesome. we'll try and make it rare one day for you hopefully yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway take care guys thank you yeah, mate. have a good thank weekend you, cheers so thanks again to the guys from James and the Cold Gun. Um, the EP is out on 29th of April, which hopefully should be the same date this podcast episode comes out. So go stream it, buy it, uh, and start supporting a, a really exciting up-and-come young uh, rock and roll band. So apart from asking you to share my podcast, subscribe to the podcast, uh, go and visit rebelroad.com. Um, until next time, take care.